Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Happy midweek to those who listen to us on the release of this podcast on Wednesday. I don't assume that everybody does, so it may not be midweek for you as you are listening to this, but we do release this once a week during the middle of the week. And as always, we are glad you could join us today. Um, We're discussing and defining the biblical roles that are laid out in Scripture. We're talking about the roles we play within the family, the church, and the greater society at large where this all gets plied. You know, it gets applied in the family, it gets applied uh, even within the church setting, the local church, it gets applied in society at large. And even how, I think we'll see how the Lord blesses when those roles are walked out in a biblical manner. And I think... And we'll see why here in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we come up and wrap up, we'll have to remember this, but I think it'd be important for all to, for just kind of thinking out loud here for us to come back and go, okay, but this is what happened when it doesn't happen. You know, and and with all the things that are coming out about quote fundamentalist and documentaries being released about all this stuff that's going on, particularly one on Amazon called Shiny Happy People, and there's others out there. I think it'd be important for us to say, okay, this is what happens when we don't play these roles. You know, we right. play them unbiblically, we misapply them, and therefore a lot of people get hurt and sin abounds. Yeah. <laughs> just quite frankly, so um, we want to talk about how it affects every aspect of who we are and what we do. Um, last week, we really talked about and defined where it comes from. It's created, it's defined by God, it's assigned by God. Um, so we're setting the stage over this week and last week, the stage biblically, so we can move into having our guests that are going to come on with us and talk about real-life application of the roles we play. Uh, so let's just jump back into, this is part two of the roles we play uh, and are biblically defining it, setting the stage. As we jump in here, now we want to talk about our roles are required by God. So now there's an obedience issue here that has to take place. Yeah, we a have response, a response. We you talked will. about authority. We yes. talked about biblical authority. We talked about, you know, uh, on what do we base these things. And God didn't just create something. You know, I used to hear a preacher say that they're not the Ten, command, ten uh, Suggestions or the Ten Commandments. That's true of anything God commands. Right. That they're not suggestions. It's catchy, but that's just true. Yeah, it's not just. Uh, the Ten Commandments, it's all that God commands, all that God orders, that He sets in order, He requires. So, um, I'll just say this real quick. If you go back into our episode, and I just looked at this, I believe it was on May the 3rd, Authority Revisited is the uh-huh. title of the of the topic. Go back and listen to that. That really can kind of help to set the stage for our presupposition and where we come to right now. <laughs> this is why we're thinking the way we think. So, and I'll let all of that to say that man is not left with the prerogative to change or reassign. Right now, that's what we're. When you have a a, a moral revolution, when you have a cultural revolution, which is what's been happening over the last mm, sixty, seventy years, it has. It's come to a head in the past five or four. But when you have that, what you have is redefinition and reassignment. Mm-hmm. Um, what was no longer is. We we want to do away with what was, but God doesn't give that prerogative. So when you see 
when you see churches, denominations, agreeing with the moral and cultural revolution and saying, well, you know, God loves everybody and we're supposed to love everyone. We're supposed to understand and God gives room for these things. No, God doesn't give room mm-hmm. uh, beyond anything other than obedience to his command. You know, it's interesting. Anytime there is a revolution, there is a, a deconstruction. Um, and, you know, it's interesting in our society and culture now, there's a lot of former Christian people using this phrase called deconstruction. Right. And I heard a podcaster just recently I was listening to, I was flying back from being down in Texas, and it was late at night and I needed something to keep me awake, and I was listening to this podcast. And they're talking about the problem with deconstruction is, is you're left with nothing. Right. You tear all the bricks down, you tear all the, the, the studs down, everything down, and you have nothing left. You even tear the foundation out because, well, we got to deconstruct. So that right. we can somehow think. The problem is you have nothing left to use to think. You have no foundation, nothing to do. Instead of building something back up in its place um, and realizing that God does require biblically certain things, right? then we really struggle with being able to operate a lot of these people who are hurt and bitter over things that have been done wrong, and we know they've been done wrong, is because they've never seen what is right. Right. And how that's played out. And if we play this out as God has called us to play us out, if we obey what God has required us, mm. it's beautiful. If we use the plumb line. Right. It's yeah. really beautiful. In yeah. fact, I've seen it in other I've seen it in my own life. I've seen how my family can thrive when I'm obeying what God has required of us. Well, what we do see in scripture, we mentioned this last time, is that pre and post fall requirements uh, are reiterated in the New Testament, and throughout Scripture in the New Testament. For instance, in the Old Testament, we see uh, sexual roles um, are uh, reemphasized in places like Proverbs 5, um, and we'll talk a little more about that. But what – well, um, it's interesting that in Proverbs 5, uh, rejoice with the wife of your youth. Let her be as a, this uh, – be exhilarated with her love. Specific pronouns, <laughs> interestingly enough, yeah, used to define or to point to a specific person. Later, the New Testament talks about husbands, love your wife, your wives. Wives, be submitted to your own husband. There's specifics involved here. There are particulars required. And perversion of these things, of these roles, is condemned. The words like adultery. The word adultery we use in other other contexts, adulterate, which means to mess something up, to dilute it or or confuse it. Uh, but you see that uh, that that the requirements that God makes are woven into Scripture, so that when uh, when disobedience happens, there are certain consequences that even rose in the church. I mean. Pastors are told to rule well. They are told not to be as overlords. That's funny. He says to rule, but servants. don't overlord. <laughs> rule, but don't act like a, a little tin horn dictator. You right, know? right. So, so this we see in the requirement. Let me ask you this, because we've talked about it. We've One of the scourges of our society is people are not getting married anymore. And I think that's affected and made its way into our churches. Um, Christian young people just not pursuing marriage. And some of it, 
I and I'm well. Let me let me phrase it as a question. Do you think because we have failed to obey God in our roles, both in manhood, womanhood, more specifically fatherhood, husbands, motherhood, wives, because we failed to do that and we failed to pass on what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, mm. that somehow that could be affecting us in our desire to want to pursue family and to walk biblically in that well role <laughs> i mean yeah. i don't know how else to put Not it do you think that could be yeah. it I, I don't want to spend too much time culturally like, dissecting this but i do think biblically speaking we have failed i mean divorce is all-time high right within the church could it be that we have set up ourselves to the point that people don't want to do it or they just don't know how to do it yeah I think there's some of that. I think there's a lot of that, actually. It's interesting. Um, there's a quote from a well-known um, leadership author, and he actually is quoting somebody else. But he says, everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm. And I, th- I think we see that in both family roles and church roles, when leadership fails to function biblically, when it fails to, to commit itself even in failure, to come back, repent, and restore, and go back to the established biblical order. When we see that, then by nature, uh, something gets filled in. I remember years ago, I was talking to a woman in my first pastorate. She had been kind of the matriarch of the church. She she just kind of, by intimidation and influence, ran the place. And she'd gotten older and lost a lot of her influence. But I, I was pushing for male leadership in the church, and, and that, that was a biblical order. And, and she said to me, uh, Brother Kavanaugh, um, you know, I came up in a time when if the women didn't do it, it wouldn't have gotten done. <laughs> that illustrates what we're talking about here. And I, I said to her, wrong or right, I said, well, maybe it should have been left undone. And I'm sure that went over really well. <laughs> she didn't agree, and that's 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 a simple answer to a complex question. You were much younger than than I am right now when you said that, by the way. But I was a pretty simple guy at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that yes, when we fail to make every effort to fulfill the role mm-hmm. in the biblical biblically required way, then then something fills in the gap. Okay, so God requires it. Um, and we see it's commanded. I mean, we see what he commanded Adam and Eve. These roles are not optional. Right. right. We see, when we get in the New Testament, really specifics on how those are to be played yeah. out, um, whether it's in within the family or within the church or even just in society in general. Um, so it's required, but our roles are, as you put it, and I'm just repeating what we have here. Our roles are sanctified by God. What What do we mean by that? Because if they're required, there's a sense of duty. But when you say sanctified, there's a sense in which some, God is working and doing something. So w- what are we talking about there? Yeah, the, the concept of sanctified uh, 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 denotes a couple of things. One, holiness, something being holy unto the Lord, and then... Holy means set apart for the Lord. And there are two or three places, more than that, but I think all of Scripture points to this. But, for instance, Malachi chapter 2, verses 11 through 16, the, the Lord, through the prophet Malachi, challenges the nation of Israel 
his chosen people, earthly chosen people, uh, with the whole concept of marriage and what they've done to the institution. He actually uh, say, says that they have d- dealt treacherously with it. Uh, he, so he accuses them of treachery. And he refers to the institution they are dealing with in a treacherous way as holy unto the Lord, holiness to the Lord. So he, this is on the context of marriage. Uh, it can be applied to other things, but th- this is where the so so God is saying that marriage has been has sanctified by Him, set apart by Him, ordained and ordered by Him for a purpose. There's something beyond uh, us uh, having somebody we want to live with for a while or for the rest of our lives. You know, having sexual enjoyment, having right. kids, and you know, and doing the things just to do with kids. Thing, yeah. It's more than just the stuff we normally think about when it comes to family, and. It's it is a holy institution. Now that's interesting because later, the apostle Paul in First Corinthians seven uh, refers to he, he was having they were the church was having a problem with um, people unconverted people being married and then maybe one getting converted. And now you've got a a, a really tough situation where you've got a woman married to a, a, a converted woman married to an unconverted man or a converted man married to an unconverted woman the thinking was let's just divorce let's just right be simpler that way and and, and paul said no i mean you don't that's you don't because and this is the reason he gives the unconverted spouse is sanctified by the lord hmm. sanctified interesting much discussion has been had about the that The concept <laughs> there of, of something being sanctified, someone being sanctified, set apart for God's purpose, basically, right. is the idea. How could that be unless the institution, the relationship itself, is sanctified, is set apart unto the Lord? So God has a purpose, for, and we're going to we'll talk about that in just a minute, right. our next point, we'll close out. In marriage, in church, these things are not just – we talked use the term social construct, cultural construct. They're not just convenient man-made entities. God has a purpose. He's going somewhere with this. There's a point. There's a destiny with this. So they are sanctified, meaning now past tense. But are they also sanctifying, meaning through the process of walking through these institutions and playing our roles as God has designed? Are we sanctified? Well, there's a sanctifying process. I mean, God sanctifies us unto for His purpose, but I think that we, as we apply Scripture to our roles in these institutions, whether it's church or home, whatever it may be, that yes, there's a sanctifying process that's going on. That's part of our sanctification. It's not. It's not part of our ultimate sanctification, right. but it is part of our ongoing growth, our sanctification. So, why would God say in Malachi He hates divorce? Well. He hates divorce because divorce destroys the very institution he has set apart for his purpose. He's got a purpose involved in this. I remember one time, it's been years ago, I was dating a girl, and um, we were going to get married. Like That was the whole conversation. And I, I remember afterwards when it broke up, super painful. And Anybody who's gone through such thing either multiple times or once knows how painful that process can be of ripping apart the emotions and the heart. I remember a friend of mine said something to me that I thought was super interesting as we were talking about it. He goes, you know why that's so painful? And I said, no, tell me. <laughs> he goes, well, because it wasn't meant to be this way. You know, because of our sin, 
and who we are and things are broken, when they don't go that way, it's painful. And yeah. it's the same way with divorce and 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 other aspects of broken relationships and the roles being broken apart and not fulfilling as we should. Yeah. That process of being sanctified or sanctification and ultimately what we're going to talk about in a minute, glorifying God, is painful and it's bad. It is. It's some, not good. And sometimes, in some sense, it's not a particular person's fault. For instance, I listened to a particular radio program and a person will call in for advice and say, I just went through a divorce. Yeah, and now this is happening, and I'm thinking, oh man. Well, of course we don't know the specifics of why that happened, but but um, the tear. Yeah, you know when you when you say that God created something, defined it, and and assigned certain roles in it, that He requires it to be established and and lived this way, and He's set it apart made it a holy thing because there's a purpose for it. And the the the, the um, children that come out of that, we could apply this to a church that has a split. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that are affected by a church split. When this tear happens, yes, the pain is unavoidable. And there's a reason for the pain because there's been a in, – in Scripture, what God has joined – Supposedly, supposed to be inseparably together, do not let man tear apart. Well, yeah. I mean, you try to tear apart a piece of plywood. What's going to happen? I mean, it just rips it. Well, you break something, you drill it together, it's not the same. Yeah. It's just not. It's not the same. It may look okay, but it still does. It's not the same as when you bought it brand new. And I think about organizations who have misused their authority and power. Uh, I come back to the, the, the documentary that I talked about last week, Shiny Happy People. You're, that documentary, though very badly done, is a result of broken roles. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a result of misapplied roles as God people, designed it to be. People stepping out of the role and the pain or putting you, something yeah, in the Yeah, the pain that you see out of that. And people who are bitter and angry and cannot find peace. Yeah. That is what we're talking about. Yeah. It's brokenness. The yeah. sanctified nature of when roles are played out is now gone and broken. And in some ways, it's hard to put the pieces back together. Now, God can restore. We know Scripture says he can restore the years the locusts have eaten. There is redemption. I mean, is not that what he's been doing with us as believers, right? He's been restoring us, renewing us, making us like him, okay? Yeah. So redemption is there, but we still have to see that this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking as you're saying that, I thought of the passage in Peter where he was wounded, and it comes out of Isaiah, for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes for a healed. This brokenness Christ experienced. We need to go back to the cross. Mm. The gospel. Yeah, the gospel and the The cross. gospel for today and beyond, right? <laughs> yes. Well, really. Yeah. I mean, what is the gospel if it's not there to free us from these kinds of things? Yep. If Christ makes you free, you're free indeed. You stop looking mm. at the stuff mm. and you look to Jesus, you know. I can think of any number of things I could be bitter over in the past, Ugh. you know. Yeah. But thank the Lord he brings a sense of of his own purpose and healing and direction that comes from the the knowledge of my sin forgiven my acceptance in Christ and uh, and this is not to diminish his 
people's hurt and pain. But the scripture does provide healing. Yeah. Yes. People uh, talk about healing. They talk about, you know, getting help. If if the person who's helping you is not pointing you to Christ in any way, they're not helping you. They're just putting a band-aid on it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we've got to realize this. Yeah. Sickness they want to do therapy for sickness now, or they want to call our sin sickness now. Yeah. And so they just it needs yep. therapy instead of saying we need to repent. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean we don't go through counseling yeah. and help. We might need yes input, help. Actually, we probably will need input. That's part of the reason why we haven't been doing well. Yeah. Okay, so kind of wrapping up here, this two part on defining the roles we play, and how God works, and how He laid things in order, and how we are to respond. Ultimately, here our roles are glorified by God. Yeah, this is uh, this is very important because. This is illustrated by the the family roles, but it's true of our roles in the church, and because the church is called the bride of Christ. So, the reason that uh, that the church is that the family is so important is what it illustrates about the church in Christ. Mm. And um, it's interesting that Paul, when he, in Ephesians, he he only makes a brief reference in Colossians, but in Ephesians, he has a whole section. Where he says, "Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it, that he might wash it and cleanse it by the washing of water with the word." And, uh, and then he goes through all of that, and then he says, "This is a great mystery. Mm. This mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. You think about that. Mm. You, we we could just gloss over that if we're not careful." He said, you know, this all I just said, that's a mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church here. Husband loves your wives as Christ loved the church. Now Women, what, yeah. submit to your husbands. I'm speaking to the church. Yeah. I'm speaking about the church. Yep. I'm speaking about what shows and and represents the church. To him be glory through the church. Hmm. Now, fast forward, book of Revelation. Everybody wants, has, has ideas about the book of Revelation. you got all these books and these prophecies, and you got stuff that's happening right now. It's just like reading the newspaper. Right. You know, give me a break. Let's go to the, let's go to the end. <laughs> the great consummation. Well, we started at the beginning, here so comes, going to the end is good. Here comes the church uh, adorned as a bride. One is a bride adorned for her husband. Now the church is sharing in the glory of Christ. And we, we're promised that's going to be the case. So all of this stuff, this stuff we're talking about, these roles we play, are not just roles we play temporally. They're roles we have been put into by God and given biblical requirements and direction by God because he has something in mind. He has a great glorious end, consummation to this. If you read Ephesians 5 with that in mind, and you fast forward to, uh, I think it's Revelation 19, 20 and, 20 and 21, and you see what God is up to. There's glory here. He has glorified these roles by putting an importance upon them that is far beyond what we just see on the surface. And our roles as pastors, our roles as elders, our roles as deacons, our roles as churchmen and churchwomen, this all is a part of the glorious work that Christ is doing through his people to bring glory to himself, ultimately 
Every, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It gives a lot of purpose. It gives a lot of reason for why we're doing what we're doing. It, it changes everything from a cultural argument. Well, and not only that, but the mundane argument, too, because you get up every morning, and sometimes it's just hard. Yep. You're tired. Your kids didn't sleep that night, or maybe they've not been doing what they should be doing. Yeah. You know, I, I, we traveled back from Texas about a week ago, and we, we had delayed flight in Detroit, and then we didn't get home till Nashville till like, almost midnight. So it was almost 2 o'clock by the time we got home. Yeah. And the next day, you're tired, and the kids wake up, and you just don't feel good. Yeah. You sure don't feel like getting out of bed, and you sure don't feel like working, and you sure don't feel like being cheerful, and you sure don't feel like <laughs> being a loving father and husband. And, and I say that because do what you want to do. I don't care. that's yeah. the reality. Yep. So therefore, if we don't keep our eyes fixed on this, that God will be glorified, and he has a reason for why he has done all that he has done and laid out, then it just becomes meh. Yeah. Okay, we can get a divorce. Okay, we can be mad at each other for months on end. We can not raise our children the way we should. We can be bitter about our singleness. Or we can be pastors who lord over people in the wrong way. Like, just go down the list. And I think it also makes us realize that God is not done. And so when we see things where organizations and people do wrong things and misuse this for their own means, he's still on the throne. Yep, and his purpose is being accomplished. Absolutely. His glory will come, and it, we will enjoy that glory. And this is not diminishing the people who are hurt by it, but in the ultimate scheme of eternity, it's a blip on the screen. You, you'll, you're saying that reminds me of something, and you, you're familiar with this, this uh, illustration because it's, it's about our family. I came home when I was pastor of a small rural church, and I came home for lunch, walked in, and my wife said, I'm done. <laughs> He won't listen. <laughs> he won't do what I tell him. He we we homeschooled, by the way, if anybody doesn't know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the he I'm talking about is you. Uh-huh. And uh, so she just got to put him in school. You know, just, we can't do More this. And I said something I don't remember saying. I just remember it now because she said it so often. And I said, you know, we're not looking at today or next week or even next year. We're looking at 20 years from now. Yeah. But, of course, 20 years and more have passed. Thank the Lord. You know Christ. You're following him. And Micah is, too. But there's there's an addendum to that. It's not just that we're looking at 20. Yes, you're looking at 20 years from now, but you're looking far beyond that. Yeah. You're looking to the glory that shall be revealed. Mm. And this is what these roles that God has given us are a part of that process and that prospect and that future that he's leading us towards. Amen. Well, that's been good. It's good for my soul, good for my heart, and I hope our listeners, it prepared them for what we're going to do in regards to the guests we'll have on and talk about these things in a, in a more um, practical, general way. Yeah, good way. Some rubber meets the road stuff. But this has been good, and I, and I hope people will be encouraged by this. If you have questions, please email us. Um, our um, engineer in here gives the email. So got that down send us a message we'd love to dialogue about that but thank you for joining us today and we look forward to continuing to talk about the roles that we play thanks everyone so much for joining us today you can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org crosstalk is produced by vision for living ministries a nonprofit organization this podcast is a free resource but you can support us financially through our website 
For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.